Welcome on in to Empower Talks. This is the podcast where we talk about careers with people across the insurance industry. Welcome to this episode of Empower Talks, and I'm delighted to have Emma Ackers with us, who has recently joined the Empower team as a learning specialist. Uh, hello, Emma. Hi, hi, Sam. And Emma's going to be here today to tell us about her journey through insurance, which started off as a technical role into uh, more one that is focused on coaching and development, um, and the advice that she's been able to share with her coaches that will be beneficial for um, listeners, as well as how she got this role, which is quite a, a kind of probably new and uh, modern way of, of looking at, at recruitment and, and opportunities available. So Emma, do you want to start off by telling us about how you got into the insurance market? So it was a very, very long time ago, Sam. <laughs> so back in um, 2005, um, I got a little temp job just after I graduated, opening post in a little back room at um, National Insurance Brokers in Manchester. I was talking about this the other day, actually, that um, when I first joined there, my friend asked me, do you know what a premium is? And I was like, no, do I need to know that? Um, and he was like, yeah, you should probably find out what that is because it's really important in, in insurance. <laughs> so <laughs> when I joined, obviously, I knew nothing. So, yeah, opening post in a little back room and then um, they made me permanent there. So I went from a temp contract into a permanent contract, uh, which is where I started dealing with sort of commercial lines insurance. So I was looking at renewals, customer service and um, every role you could probably imagine in an insurance brokers I had a go at. So I did a lot of moving around, but... I think that that has really helped me because I've got experience of, of all different types of roles within insurance. So I did a bit of accounts as well and some business change. So looking at sort of processes and developing processes and making things better, really. And I, I suppose that that kind of led me into a bit of training and development um, in the business because I was I was at this brokers for, for quite a long time. So. I started doing some training and development when we introduced a new system. And I think that that's when I kind of realised that that area is really what I wanted to do. Yeah. So once you've got that kind of awareness, you've, you've done a dozen different jobs and found the one you think you're most interested in. What, what was the yeah. kind of next step from that? Yeah. So that that really was like, oh, I, I really like doing this. This is really fun. Um, and I enjoyed creating all of the materials and putting things together and finding, you know, what the problems were um, and trying to fix those. So I moved into another brokerage in Manchester, uh, but I went sort of back into a technical insurance advisor role. I didn't stay there very long um, because I think because I was so interested in making things better and finding what the problems were and, and coaching and training other people. And um, I spent a lot of time doing that. So I was always sort of bugging my boss going, this isn't working. Can we do it differently? And, oh, I've, I've made this training pack for people who don't know about commercial insurance. And my boss is like, oh, you know, what, what are you doing here? Why are you doing this here? I need you to sell insurance, not do this. So obviously when, 
I, I found a different role in the business that was more suitable to me. I'd put my name down for it. So um, that led me into, into more of an operational role in the business. So as soon as there was an opening, I applied for a role as an operations coordinator, um, which meant that I could really look at, you know, doing gap analysis and process changes, process improvements, and potentially rolling out training in the business. Um, so I applied for that role, but I, I didn't actually get it. There was somebody already seconded to that role. So I, people were like, well, why did you apply for it? You knew that this person was going to get it. But I was like, well, you know, it's just about getting your name out there, isn't it? Um, I've been doing all of this work in the business, which aligned really well to that role. So I applied for it anyway, knowing full well that I probably wouldn't get it. However, you know, about four weeks later, um, they came to me and said, well, we're actually going to create a role for you on this team. So it was a good job that I did apply for it. Otherwise, you know, they wouldn't have known who I was and the work that I've been doing. And I wouldn't have had that exposure. Um, so that's one piece of advice that I always give to people is even if you don't think you're going to get the job, just you know, apply for it anyway, because you just you never know what's going to come out of it. They don't know who you are unless you go for that. Um, so, yeah, they created a role for me and I started doing some of the compliance training. I was um, looking at process improvements and all during this time I'd been studying myself. Um, <clears throat> so I'd done my certificate in insurance. Um, I was studying for my diploma and I really loved it. I loved learning new things and that really allowed me to help other people in the business with their learning journeys as well. And um, I absolutely loved my coach who used to teach me the CII qualifications. She was just fantastic. And the way that she used to present information and teach me this stuff, that really spurred me on to be more like that and do more in that field. So moving on, I was made redundant from that role. And um, so the whole business that I was working for closed. Um, I was absolutely devastated because I absolutely loved that job. Like I had a lot of freedom in that role to do what I wanted. You know, I could pick and choose the types of things that I could get involved with. My manager was really supportive with my development and um, she'd help me any way that she could, you know, to, to see me grow. And that's when, the coach that I was talking about a minute ago, she was teaching me in a class one day and she, she pulled me to one side and said, I've heard that you're being made redundant. We do have a vacancy available here at this training company, apprenticeships training company. Um, I think you'd be really good at it. So I was like, oh, okay. I've never really thought of that. Like I was thinking I would probably just go to another broker's. I'd probably end up account handling again and hadn't really considered that as a move. So I had a look into what the job would um, involve. And as always, I just went for it anyway, even though I had no experience. <laughs> I just went for it. Um, so, yeah, I applied for that job and I had to do like um, a presentation. So I just delivered some training that I was already delivering in the brokers because it was easy and I, I knew it really well to a couple of the managers there. And they really liked it and they liked me. So they offered me the job on the spot there. So 
yeah, that was how I first really got into this side of things. It was purely by chance and being made redundant, which usually is like the worst thing that can happen. <laughs> but in this instance, it was it was really quite a blessing for me because it allowed me to sort of move into another another area. So that must have been quite a transition going from really a, a technical role to what becomes a really fundamentally a, a purely people focused role. Um, how did you find that? Um, I think this is something that um, is really important in sort of a coaching role. And this is what a lot of people that I work, I've worked with in coaching have said that having that technical experience and knowledge is really, really important. You know, you, we, we, they can teach you how to teach other people. They can teach you about the apprenticeship side of things, but being able to appreciate and resonate with the jobs that people are doing is really important. So I think that that does come really easily because most of the apprentices that I worked with in that first job, especially, I could really resonate with where they are in their career journey. I started in a little room opening posts. Like I know how it is to do the rubbish jobs <laughs> that people give you when you first join. Like I understand that. And um, I've been through all different roles. So any role that somebody had, I can be like, oh yeah, I know a little bit about what you're doing there. Have you thought about trying it this way? Or have you thought about trying this? And, you know, I've actively sort out my own progression so I felt that I had a lot of advice to give to other people of how they could do that as well so it is very people um focused but when you've got a lot of experience in that area I think you can really transfer that and the conversations come quite easily and you were coaching for a few years across um, a couple of different apprenticeship providers in insurance we kind of came across each other probably about 18 months ago um, mm-hmm. for the first time. Does that sound about right to you? Um, yeah, yeah. By, I think it was started off via LinkedIn. Mm-hmm, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so I have been coaching for about four to five years. And that, that first apprenticeship providers that I was with put me through my teaching qualifications. So I'd started teaching the CII modules, a few of them. And I think that that's where I came across Empower Development and the resources that they offered. Because at that point, I was sort of creating all of my own resources and I would point them in your direction. Not sure if that was what I should have been doing. However, (laughs) I felt that the, um, the resources that you provided were really, really useful. They were really beneficial. They were great. So I was like, you know, if you're still struggling, have a look on here. You can buy some revision cards. You know, it's 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 only this amount of money. And I think they'll really help you. There's only so much that I could do. And especially because ultimately I was a coach. I wasn't a tutor and I wasn't a teacher. My main job was coaching. Um, and so I only had a really limited amount of time to help my students and create resources. Um, so. I used to direct them to empower development um, to have a look at, you know, picking up their own resources as well. I I will thank you for that. (laughs) Um, But I think that's, you know, that is fundamentally what it's all about, isn't it? It's it's making sure that the people get the support they need uh, as as much as they can get within the resources available, reachable for them as well. Um, Now, 
as you were doing this, okay, I guess we were kind of probably having a bit of a parallel um, observation of, of one another, because from my perspective, mm-hmm. so I talk about uh, familiarity quite a lot when we, we talk about uh, networking and relationships and how how the more we see someone, the more connected to them we feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I often sort of compare this to um, when you get on the train and you see the same people on the train and you start saying hello to these people and thinking, I don't know who they are, but you start feeling a bond. And then if you see them somewhere else, you feel really connected to them. Um, and I guess this is what was happening for, for, for us with you. It was like, oh, Emma's like this post. Oh, Emma's shared this post. It's Emma again. She's just <laughs> doing something on, on our LinkedIn or Instagram and your name just kind of kept popping up, you know, over and over. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably when um, we kind of first, Sort of got in touch and said should we just have a conversation because we probably need to know who each other are and we did we just had a, a chat to, to find out what each, each other were doing and you know um it, it, just to kind of do a fact find I guess really of of how we might have um ways that we could help help each other and you were helping us with into insurance in particular mm-hmm. and volunteering on that and and then time went on um and you were moving into another role, growing into another role. We were moving along with the business, and then sort of at a stage where it's like, oh, we need, we we we're growing. We need more people. And I sat there thinking, Emma would like this job. <laughs> and, and if we just try to just take that as as the kind of the reality of how how this works, because yeah, I didn't know you. You know, we've had one remote phone call over the space mm-hmm. of years, but I felt like I knew you well enough to know that you would want and would be capable to do this job. And that really came about through you mm-hmm. continuously engaging in relevant content in a proactive and uh, kind of credible way, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I think networking you know it's become quite difficult over the past couple of years because of covid and being at home and we're not able to get out and do the same things you know we don't go out and do lunch and learns and meet people and it's it's been quite tricky but I think that well I've really used that to my advantage um and I think a lot of people can um or should have done because like you say liking the right things sharing the right posts and um, just sitting there and just liking stuff makes makes such a difference doesn't it and when you know because when you like something other someone else is going to see it and then someone else is going to see it um and being in Manchester I don't get a lot of time or even the opportunities to network with somebody who lives in London or works in the London market um, I don't really get much opportunity to do that. So LinkedIn is such a great place to be able to do that. You know, there's different, so many different groups that you can join on LinkedIn, which will link you with a whole host of different people. Um, things like with the Into Insurance program, just volunteering in something, an initiative like that, again, can open up your uh, networking group quite wide and meet new people. So I think it, it is really, really important definitely and obviously it got me a a new job a great job (laughs) (laughs) and we've been able to meet in person now yes (laughs) so yeah this uh this world of onboarding people remotely I think was just becoming the norm isn't it but uh, yeah definitely last week yeah and I've mentioned this um, to you before that (laughs) 
you know, I've seen when I used to coach, I'd have apprentices who were maybe nearing to the end of their grad scheme and they were looking at roles that they wanted to apply for. And, you know, they were applying for roles based in other countries because they were, they were able to do that because of remote working. So it has brought so many benefits. They would never have dreamed of applying for that role pre-COVID, pre-lockdown, pre-remote working. And yeah, I know people are going back to sort of a hybrid approach, but I think it's opened so many more opportunities. Yeah, and it's as well, I mean, it's useful from from like my perspective where spending all that time in the London market a lot of what we do tends to be London market focused and then yeah. and more and more of what we you know, clients we're working with now are outside of that. So it's nice to kind of be able to compare different perspectives and experiences on, on what, what lands best with what type of learner and what type mm. of content for each person as well. Yeah, definitely. So if this is your, your new role, your new challenge. What does your career development look like your career plan for the next 12 months I'm putting you massively on the spot here because we haven't even done this probably <laughs> together yet so let's do it let's do it for everyone what do you want to get out of this well world domination no uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> hopefully oh I always say this when people go oh I just see yourself I'm like I don't know what I want to do when I grow up because I still feel like so young and I'm not I'm really not um and I don't know what I want to do but I know that I know now that this is the right path and place which is a massive thing for me because you know coaching was great it brought me into this sort of path of more of the technical delivery side of things and now I'm like oh yeah okay I really like doing this this is really what I want to do um so I'm hoping that the next 12 months I can really do more delivery which you know we've discussed and we're planning so more delivery of the CII modules really get my teeth into that yeah and who knows what will happen I'm not sure it's still very early days but yeah we'll see no, we've um, we've got a we've got quite an agile business. It's it's fair to say at, at the moment. So, um, the kind of the the growth, but, but also you know we're we're still a very we're, we're a very small business. You know, but mm. we grow, we're growing a lot, which gives so much opportunity for yeah us to come up with new ideas and new ways of doing things, and um and having you know, more people creating those ideas and also implementing those ideas means. Now, hopefully we can get through what I describe as the, the should list um, yeah. you know, <laughs> a little bit more um, with us. And, and one of the things uh, we, we were actually being able to offer to, to students more so with, with Emma here is, is more, um, more support for people with questions. Mm. So uh, we, we do find a lot of our students come from organisations where they don't really have a HR team, don't really have mm-hmm. a designated person who's um, experienced either doing the CI themselves or helping people through it. So we, we do get a lot of people you know, asking us, just phoning us up and asking what module they should do next or um, yeah. how, how the credits work or which ones are compulsory and, and which mm. ones fit their role best. So so now it's, um, you know, we, we were at a stage where it was getting quite hard to, to kind of, you know, deal with all of those questions and 
direct people to the YouTube content that we've got for it and so on. But now we've we've also got you um, to, yeah. to take on. You've already done probably half a dozen of those calls in oh, yeah. a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, I've spoken to quite a few people. And, you know, it could be quite overwhelming, can't it, that when you first have a look at the um, the CII site and what you want to do, go all the credits, well, how many credits do I need? And then what next? What does this mean? And it is very confusing. Um, but I think that, you know, the YouTube content that we've got, really breaks that down into a simple simple way to understand and that's the feedback that I've had from the people that I've spoken to as well that you know wow okay that makes sense now (laughs) why didn't we just have this anyway (laughs) like it makes so much more sense so um yeah we've we've, I've done a lot of that since I've joined and that that's great because you can see people the, the light bulb switching on they're like oh okay I understand now so that's great yeah yeah, I think those light bulb moments are the best thing about yeah. our jobs. You know, when you Definitely. See that click, it's brilliant. Now, speaking of YouTube. I know what you're going to say, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> so um, some, some listeners might be thinking, I recognise that name, I recognise that voice. Um, I remember uh, watching The Apprentice years ago, uh, and not, not that version of The Apprentice. No. Uh, the no. insurance age <laughs> apprentice uh, so emma was a candidate on, on that do you want to tell us about it yeah it it was um so you might know me as emma garrity which is my insurance celebrity name um <laughs> just joking not um so i got married since then um however i was one of the finalists in the insurance age broker apprentice what year was this 20 16, 17, something like that. It's so long ago now. It feels so long ago. So it the the setup for it was like the apprentice. Um, so you would apply, um, you would go through a grueling questioning process by at the time it was hosted by LV, so um by the lovely Anna Peak, who's the broken director at LV, and Mike Crane who was also one of the directors at LV, and Michael Lawrence. So very important insurance people. So that they interviewed all of us, whittled us down to a final, I think there were six of us. And then they brought us in, first of all, for a week in London. Um, so that was really exciting for me because I've never really spent much time in London. Um, so that was great you know I had a two-year-old so I had no child with me in an apartment on my own I could sleep it was fantastic um, so they had us doing all sorts of challenges um, so one of the challenges was where we had to work for a plan in Wimbledon we had to go down to the office there they made us all put a plan fleeces on or kitted us all out and we had to just go on the street and try and get people in to get insurance quotes. It's probably the hardest thing I have ever done. Um, Did you get anyone in? Did it work? We got a few people. We won that challenge, actually, our team. We were split into two teams and our team won that challenge. I have no idea how that happened, but I'm not a natural salesperson. Um, you might have noticed from the introduction earlier, sales isn't something I've ever done. I avoided it because it's not. It's not really, I don't know, I just feel like it's not really me. I'm not a pushy person. Um, so trying to get people in for an insurance quote was very difficult. Um, and then we had a lot of the people who 
don't really believe in insurance. There were some difficult conversations on the street. Uh, so it was, it was hilarious. Um, so yeah, we did that. And then um, we did a variety of other challenges. And then they brought us in for like a final. And we're all around a board, in a boardroom, at a big table with Michael Lawrence there in front of us, a bit like, you know, the Alan Sugar at the table, you're fired. He didn't fire any of us, it wasn't like that. Um, and then announced the winner, who the winner of my season was Charlie Barrett. Um, I think he works for Chubb now. He's very, he's done very well. Yeah, and then they put it out on YouTube, which also gave us a bit of a guest spot at Bieber that year as well. Um, so they had us, Insurance Age had, had us at Bieber trying to get people to come and apply for the next year. We had our faces on a massive screen in the middle of the Manchester Convention Centre at Bieber. It was very embarrassing, but it was great at the same time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think um, they did another season after that. They did a claims apprentice. I'm not sure if they're still doing it or not. It's worth keeping your eye out, especially now sort of um, restrictions have eased. You know, this year might be the year. Well, I'm I'm just scrolling through the YouTube on my phone here, and uh, there's plenty of videos there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna find some of them and tag them in the notes for this podcast. Oh, so well, I thank you for that. Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is quite an entertaining entertaining watch. To be fair, they even did it in 2020. Oh, yes, that was another thing we had. We had a uh, stall at Broker Expo and we had to create our own um, sort of insurance initiative. So we created a cyber insurance app where you could sort of put in your company information or risk management information and the app would tell you how high of a risk you were for a cyber attack. And then we had to go to a broker expo and try and get people, people's people's interest in our app. And then the other team also had their own initiative as well. So that was a lot of time running around broker expo trying to drag people to my stand. <laughs> so you had a, a whole stand just for your app? Yes, a whole stand. We had a stand for each team. Oh, so yeah. we had a stand and then the other team had a stand as well. Yeah, that so that was, a, that was a good experience. Yeah. And I guess something like that, you know, pushes you massively out your comfort zone, gets you doing things that you wouldn't normally be doing or, or necessarily even thinking about doing, mm. but, but, but with other people who maybe have different skills that you can learn from mm. and do it with as well. And again, fantastic exposure. So mm, absolutely. Program. Yeah, my network grew massively after that. But that allowed me then to um, get involved in other things that Insurance Age were doing. So they did um, an initiative called Broken Nation. Um, so I went down back down to London and did some filming with them for that, talking about sort of the next generation of brokers, um, talking about apprenticeships. So, yeah, it really helped grow that network and introduce me to lots of new people really help and of course you'll be with us at Bieber this year so you'll of be course. Back, back in the room for, yeah. for this time hopefully you won't project my face onto a big screen yeah I don't think we've got any big screens no that's that's fine <laughs> I can go under the radar 
yeah. <laughs> this year. Although we have got a speaking slot, so I will be um, doing a talk on the second day. So maybe I can put your face on one of the slides. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really looking forward to to Biba. Um, it's always such a great event, and so much, so many opportunities, so many opportunities that that I think we at Empower could benefit from there, definitely. Well, we always end these podcasts with one piece of advice. So your your top advice you like to share with people in terms of advancing their careers. Mm-hmm. What would that advice be from you? Um, I'm just going to bring back a piece of advice that I said earlier on <clears throat> about applying for that job, putting yourself forward for something, even if you think that you, you're not capable, if you think that it's there's no point in doing it, just do it anyway. What is the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is someone says, no, that's fine. doesn't matter. You just move on, don't you? But always back yourself, apply for that job, put yourself forward for that promotion, put yourself forward for that piece of work and just believe in yourself. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Emma. Um, we've Thanks, got your LinkedIn details as well in the notes. So if anyone wants to connect with you and ask you any questions, they will encourage it. Great, of course. Thank you. Bye. See you later.